Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks, having killed one Mind Flayer and driving the other one off, our heroes took a moment to recover. They examined the area, finding some leftover paperwork and gold, and harvesting the tentacles of the killed Illithid. Bux flies deeper into the Underdark to try to spot the Mind Flayer that fled, but just barely manages to escape from some creatures hiding in the shadows, searching for prey. They return to the Smelly Tent tribe, who immediately begin packing and preparations to leave now that the coast seems clear, at least for the moment. Hewer receives his tentacles, and along with imparting some useful information about these creatures, he delivers a series of magic items in payment for both himself and on behalf of the tribe. As the Smelly Tent tribe begins to head back towards their trade route, the magic items are examined and plans are made for what to do next. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome, Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Obo Crazy. I have more Jack Daniels and honey and tea because it's it's a combination I haven't had in a while and I was missing it and it's delicious. And Bernie, what are you drinking? As I Before I spilled it and switched out of my wonderful Hamilton sippy cup, mm-hmm. I'm drinking seltzer water because it's just been like... There's been several work functions that involved wine, and we have a bunch of wonderful, like, other departments that also have functions they have to sponsor, and anytime there's leftovers, they're like, hey, friends who we like, we want to share with you, and they're all wonderful people, and it's hard to say no. So I'm just uh, having a little lower calorie option this Thursday. Nothing wrong with that. Seltzer water is also delicious. Yes, is very good. You know who's also very good? Travancore. What you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Bengali from Six Point Brewery. So ordinarily, the old me would have said that uh, someone from, you know, who's Bengali from uh, from West Bengal would not have anything more in common with me than someone from Pakistan or Nepal because India is sort of a construct. But then all countries are constructs. And I'm an Indian, and all Indians are my brothers and sisters, or at least what my dad taught me to believe. And we're going to do a live tasting to see how this is. This is basically a uh, an IPA. I think it's peeled as a... I'll get to the what's in here later on. Let's just taste it. I just like the taste of that little bit of philosophy before the drink. I know. Wow, that is that is very hoppy. Well, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, yeah, I why know. Why do we have hops <laughs> in beer, Travancore? Even for, for an IPA, it is, it's pretty hoppy, like... Did they? I don't get it. Did they? They pass India the first time and go around one more time. Yes. Like that. That must this be what it is. is. The IPA for the double loop when you're. Yeah. Yeah. Now is this the kind of extra hoppy and where you're just gonna have to let it, let yourself get used to it and it'll be good, or are you immediately like, oh god, no? Well, let's just say that uh, I'm gonna give my body a ch- the chance to adjust and to acclimate to uh, to this level of hops. I don't know how they do it in Kolkata, but we're just gonna roll with it. Can I ask you? Yeah. Question. Sure. I mean, like, so, like, there are, are different areas in the world that have different kinds of beer, and that usually has to do with water and a veal. Are there different regions in India that are known for particular brewing, particular types of beer? 
You know, I as far as I know, no. Like, uh, brewing in India is actually kind of like a beer. Like, they've had Kingfisher for years and years. Uh, up until recently in Bangalore, they brewed something called Bira, where it's imagined in India, but brewed actually in Utica, New York. So they, they sort of take Indian-like flavors, like coriander or whatever, and they'll throw so- stuff in there. But uh, I wouldn't know, because of the way alcohol is taxed, like, it, it's taxed by, like, volume and not by percentage. So oh. it just... It just, for years and years, it made more sense just to buy, like, straight-up liquor. Because if you're going to buy it, and you're going to tax for the same amount, you want to get the stuff that gets you the, the effed up as po- most as possible. And that's, I mean, all of our armed service people and uh, and people in the Navy and stuff like that, like, when they serve there, they, they usually go for the good stuff. So it, beer drinking Indians is probably, like, a fairly new phenomenon for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who's going to be like, well, actually, Jack... Because I'm the worst Indian ever. But this is just sort of one man's experience. So no, I'm glad I mean, they're doing something different. Like there's a when you have a middle class of 400, 000, 400 million people or more, then you have the opportunity, a little bit of disposable income to, to try new and different things. So here's to new different things. I'm going to try it one more time to see if it's. Uh, yeah, try it now that you know what to expect. If it hops maybe. a little less. <laughs> you know what? It's still super duper hoppy, but I'm 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 on board. I'm, I'm going to ride this adventure through. All right. Going to hop well, along? I'm going to hop along. Thank hop you. Hop along, Travancore. <laughs> you know who's also hopping along? Carlton. What are you drinking? I am hopping along. I am hopping along uh, to the beat of my own drum. I have a uh, limonata sparkling lemon beverage, and it's got a bunch of Italian on there, so I'm not even going to attempt to say what it says, <laughs> because I will butcher it 11 ways the Sunday. But it is, what's in English, is Italian lemon and elderflower. So They are known for lemon. This lemon drink is for Queen Bay. Aww. It's Aww. like it's like the non-alcoholic version of limoncello. Have y'all ever had that? It's basically yeah. non-alcoholic limoncello. <laughs> it is like nice. straight up non-alcoholic limoncello. Alright. There's nothing wrong with that. I it like limoncello. Tasty. Oh good. We'll have to get all of your, your bottle translated. <laughs> we can get a I translated take a picture by... for our audience to translate <laughs> through our yeah. social. There you go. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Well howdy partners. I'm Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just am. And I got here as my drink. It was the it was a hop along. It got me hopping. You know, when tarnation was all that. I it actually, was a rootin' tootin' good time. Wow. Oh. Like, <laughs> listen, partner. <laughs> Native <laughs> Texan. <laughs> Jonathan. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, moving on. I, I have Jim Bean and Cola. It's really good. <laughs> And on that note, uh, this shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell of Partner Darnation. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> is dedicated it's just going to come out all episode now. It's dedicated to... Uh, Lauren, why don't you fill us in on who this shot is dedicated to? Well, I guess I'm going to have to do this in a southern accent. So uh, I'm going to do this. Darn tootin'. Darn tootin' darn nation you can talk about. So, I can't. <laughs> nope, that was it. That's all I could do. That's That's, that was the end of my, my accent. I would like to apologize. Oh, to everyone. I know what this says. I sent a picture to Julia. Oh, sorry. Effetto con il succo de limoni italiani e infusi de limoni del golfo del tagliuli del fiore. So basically, it's made with lemon syrup, syrup of Italian. I think succo is syrup. It's either that or sugar. But basically, it's saying it's made with Italian lemons. It's a few infused with these specific lemons from the Gulf of Tegulia. Tegulia I don't know. It's been a while since I've had to pronounce Italian. And, uh, and flowers. 
It's basically made from lemons, lemons, and lemon flowers is what the actual translation is saying. <laughs> oh. How about that, partner? Yeah, lemons with uh, a side of lemon with more lemon. The Lion King song uh, where it's like, oh, it's a lion. Hey, everybody, look, a lion. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Except lemons. Yeah. Hey, look, a lemon. Italian lemons, though, which I'm sure means something. I don't oh, know. elderflowers. Okay. Fiore di Sambuco means elderflower. Sorry. It means oh. lemons, lemons, and elderflower is what it's Lemon, saying. lemons, and lemons with lemons and lemons, elderflower lemons. lemons. Yeah, it's lemon with lemon and a lot of sugar, I'm assuming. So the reason that I- I'm just going to forge on ahead and not in any kind of accent because. So the reason that Jonathan shouted off to me is because we're going to start off this episode after it's been a couple of minutes and you have been given these items by Hewer the goblin at the Smelly Tent Tribe, who seemed to have a strange collection of stuff that he gave to you in order to not only repay you for killing one of the Mind Flayers and getting their tentacles, but also as thanks from the entire Smelly Tent Tribe. So as they pack up around you, Jonathan has spent a little bit of time and ritually cast Identify on the objects that could be identified. So the shot of Fireball is going to the people who produced Artifacts of the Guild. They put together, and it's it's a long list of awesome people. Some of them I know, some of them I do not. Uh, personally, I actually found out about this from friend of the show, TK Johnson, who I play with on the Demon Plague on Tuesdays. And they are one of the contributors to this giant collection of 260 magic items for Dungeons what? & Dragons 5th Edition. Wow. And I thought, you know what? I bet you I could find some fun stuff in here to throw into a a random table for y'all to pull from. And guess what? You did. So I'm going to rattle off some basic information about the things that you have as Jonathan has ritually identified them. So first, you got a dagger. And uh, actually, let me preface this by saying most of these I have altered slightly. So if you have artifacts of the guild and you're looking for these and you read along with some of the stuff I'm saying, you're like, wait a second, but... Well, you know, DM's prerogative. So, it's boss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, the dagger that you received is called the Dagger of Banishing. Ooh. And this is the cold iron dagger with the solar, the image of the solar banishing the pit fiend on it. It is a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls with this magic Ooh. weapon. Wow. While you're holding this dagger, you can use an action to locate the precise location of any portals to another plane within 100 feet, even if the portal is hidden or inactive. Also, if you make a successful attack with the dagger on a creature who happens to be from a different plane than the one that you are on, you can attempt to banish it. And there's details for that in the item, which I will pass along. Next up, uh, you got a little vial that looked like it was filled with blood, and it is actually filled with a concoction called dragon's blood. This tiny ruby bottle with a brush cap contains a small amount of enchanted dragon's blood. Each bottle of dragon's blood contains six ounces of blood recovered from the body of an ancient dragon. One ounce you can use to paint the claws, horn, beak, or similar appendage of your animal companion. And attacks with those parts are treated as magical for eight hours. In addition, depending on the ancient dragon that the blood came from, you get to do bonus damage of the type that the dragon was. And in this case, it is a red dragon. And so it is fire damage. Oh, so we can actually oh shit. Fire bear. God. We have a real fire bear. Fucking A. The other animals are just, he's never going to let them live that down. Nope, of course not. You did pull out a javelin, which is literally called Halfling's Exit. 
This javelin was created by a halfling artificer who is well known for using it, though not for, you know, attacking. He basically used it to escape paying bar tabs or leaving without making awkward goodbyes. So it is a plus one javelin. And once per day, after immediately throwing the javelin, you can use a bonus action to teleport directly to the javelin's location. And you have to complete a long rest before you can use it again. Two more things. You also got a tiny little, it looked like a toothpick. It was this minuscule little thing called the noisy cricket. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, I like that. And it is actually a wand. This tiny wand is the size of a toothpick, but darker in color. The wand has three charges and regains 1d3 charges at dawn each day. When activated, it fires a 15-foot cone of energy. Any creature in the area must area of effect must make a DC 18 dexterity saving throw or take force damage with saving for half. You also, once you cast this, have to make a DC 15 strength saving throw or be knocked prone as well from the recoil. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. This is Jonathan's, right? This is Jonathan. I mean, I I would think so. Well, so I'll say this because I'm, I'm about to talk about the last item. The dagger requires attunement. The dragon's blood does not. The javelin requires attunement. The noisy cricket requires attunement. So those three, three of those require attunement. Finally, pulled out a human skull. Oh yeah, to talk to. Yeah, so it is a talking skull. And Jonathan, as you complete your final ritual cast on this object and realize what it is, it comes to life, an enemy. And it looks at you and it says, Hey, what you doing? Hi. Oh my God. Hi. Jonathan the Magic Muscular here. You know that as an action, you can animate this old skull lighting up its eyes with a pale blue light. Once animated, it can speak with you and answer any question to the best of its ability. While the skull cannot deliberately lie, it is not required or forced to answer any of your questions and can remember every interaction it has had. Creatures that it likes, it will be nice to and answer more questions. The skull is well-versed on a variety of topics and may be able to give useful advice and insights. And it also might have a limited ability to see into the near future. It stays animated for 10 minutes and will keep talking even if you have no further questions. Once used, you have to have a long rest. And Murray, the talking skull, says, So you're mine now, okay? Uh, I'm yours, okay? Uh, I, yeah. Fine. Well, we... We belong to each other now. It's we're stuck, and so you're just gonna have to deal. Okay, okay, Murray. You know, I I once uh, tr- uh I went to a lake called Lake Murray once. Oh, was it a talking lake? No, it had brain amoebas. Oh, I had those once. I had to go to a doctor get get it all flushed out. You know, they do those neti pot things, except they stick it in one ear and then they stick it out the other, and then they go. Oh, it was disgusting. Don't get those. I like him. He talks a lot more than our last skull. Okay, oh. good. Hey, look at the skull. He already is giving great advice. <laughs> Mr. Murray, can I ask you a question? Yeah, I got like nine and a half minutes, and so you might as well. All right. I mean, I... We might as well get to know each other, right? Like, you're not just going to throw me out. How... It's, I'm a talking no. skull. You gotta like me, right? Yes. Um. It, it sort of comes with the territory. How did you get in the box? With all the other things. Well, seemed like Hewer didn't really like to listen to me talk. And so he'd ask me questions and he'd stick me in the box. The box sucks. There's like all kinds of random magic crap in there. So I might have jostled myself around a little bit so you grabbed me. Because it gets really boring just sitting in a box with no, no one to talk to. 
I imagine it does. Um, we'll have to find a way to make sure you don't go in any boxes or stinky bags. I'd appreciate that, because, you know, I, I don't have a nose anymore, but you'd be surprised what an undead nose can smell. So, Jonathan the Muscular has a question a, uh, about, about the nature of your consciousness there, Murray. So, you said you're, you're going to be around, you know, active for another nine minutes. The rest of the time, when you're not animated, do you sense things, or do you dream, or how does that work? Yeah, it's a little bit like skipping through time. I'm just kind of suddenly somewhere else. It's a little disconcerting. It took a couple hundred years to get used to, but once you get used to it, it's actually not that big of a deal. Okay. A couple hundred years? Yeah. What, what, um, well, 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 we got here, Murray, uh, Jonathan the Muscular is a bit curious. What's your first memory? Ah, well, you know, you're gonna have to take me out to dinner first. I mean, come on. We just met. I can't just be spilling my guts to some strangers. I mean, don't get me wrong. You look like nice people. You're definitely well-dressed. I like the bear. It seems pretty cool. But, like, I, I don't know anything about all you, and I'm a talking skull. So let's, let's just, you know, let's take it slow. I, I'd imagine I'm gonna be around for a while, unless you get rid of me, in which case I'll just badmouth you to the next people that I meet for the next couple of years. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Well, Mr. Murray, my name is Bernice Q. Burns. This is my friend Jonathan the Magimuscular. This Yo. is Carlton Tanks. And this that is me. Captain Core. He's the ambassador for Glenmore. Ambassador for Peconum to Glenmar. Okay. Yeah, I'm Murray. Welcome to the Diplomatic Corps. <laughs> Bernie Wiggs. I, I was a little diplomatic for a while. It was a while ago. I, I can't say that I'm really good at it, though. Right when you get in like, the heart of really chatting with someone is when suddenly your consciousness just goes. I'm sorry. Well, to be fair, we're not very good at diplomacy either, if you look at our track record. Oh, we're in this together. I like it. Most of our diplomacy ends with, let's see, fire... Uh, radiant bolts uh, from beyond and from a, a wonderful goddess, arrows from afar, or axe from not so afar. Lightning sword. Oh yes, lightning sword, sorry. Lightning sword, yeah. I just have an image of you with an axe. I don't know why, Carl. Hey, hey, diplomacy is not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes, when, when, when talking fails, you need to resort to those arrows or those spells. That's all part of a, the Foreign Service Handbook. Absolutely. I once knew a whiny boy who I sort of had a crush on that called it aggressive negotiation. Listen, some, some people you can't negotiate with. Like that Alhoon that's coming down the way. You really shouldn't be talking with him. You just uh, should try to kill wait, him. Wait, wait, what? Wait, what? So, wait, wait, what? Yeah, there's this, uh, yeah, it's right over there. Oh, I can't point. Sorry, I don't have a, a bone. All right, imagine so, if we are a clock. Where is it on a clock? Or, I mean, sundial. We have sundials in this world. Where would well, he be on a sundial? we underground? Isn't that a little weird to have a sundial? We have clocks. If I'm noon, where is it? If you're, oh, uh, one, two. Oh, this is hotter than I thought. Is it uh, behind me or in front of me? Uh, no, it's coming from, uh, the number, number six, I think? Uh, number oh, six, shit. number six, just so you know, is the direction where, so there were essentially four exits from this area where the Smelly Tent Tribe is. One leads back up to the surface. One leads down where you just came from. One is the tunnel leading to the Abishai, the tiny dragons. And one is the tunnel that's supposed to lead towards the, the Minotaurs and their cult. 
and the number that he gives points to the minotaurs in their cult. Uh, hey, Travico, oh! you still got that lantern that shows you invisible things? I believe so. Oh, he ain't invisible. He's coming with an army. Oh, wow. Wait, so it, he's coming this way with an army. He's approaching yeah. us. How long do you know? Like, <sighs> seconds, minutes? Well, days? I've only been conscious for about two and a half minutes. Three, maybe? I don't know. I don't keep track of time very well. Had the whole sundial thing, you know, that's why I wasn't really kind of sure which way I was supposed to be pointing. I'm not really looking at that kind of thing. But, you know, so I, I just had a sense of that kind of thing. So I don't know how long he's been coming, but I know he's coming. Coming pretty fast, too. He's pissed off about something. Is he pissed off about you? Did you piss him off? We did. Yeah, we killed his partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we did. We did. We Welcome did. to the piss offers club. <laughs> yeah. All right. Really well. mad. Remember, we were saying about not being very good at diplomacy. I had to bring a man back from the dead earlier because of that. Hey, at least you could. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's a limited number of those, though. Let's keep you alive long enough that you can resurrect me. I haven't had a body in like a couple hundred years. Oh, uh, that's gonna take a long time. Y- yeah. We gotta make you a new one. It doesn't it doesn't happen quickly. Hey, listen, I've been waiting this long. I can wait a little longer, right? But yeah. you probably shouldn't get killed by that army. No, no. How many's in the army? A bunch. Uh, all right. An army of minotaurs? Army of mi- cultists and a few minotaurs. Uh, and- yeah. Oh, so you know them already. Okay, good. We've been acquainted with a few of them that weren't so lucky. Um, mm. Well, if they're hanging out with one of those alhoons, you probably want to get out of here. That's probably a bad idea. All right. So at this point... Travancore and Carlton, the smelly tent tribe around you that has been packing up and actually starting to leave already. <gasps> like the caravan has started to progress slowly yet surely. The noise and the din of the packing up seems to be getting louder and more frantic. They know they're coming too. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to buy these guys some time. Oh. I mean, we Let's wanted to kill them in the fields anyway. Yep. Yeah. We did. So. And. The short rest did help Jonathan the Magimuscular recover some of his abilities. So I've got a few fireballs. I've got a few. Uh, I've got a few counter spells slots left. But I, I think. <sighs> hey, is that your drow over there? I not ours We're specifically, not but anymore. So but, uh, as Murray says this, uh, you see a familiar figure running towards you at this very moment. As you've essentially been standing, kind of now out in the middle of nowhere, as. Uh, Hewer has completely collapsed his tent and has been gone for a little while. But this 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 drow that you remember chatting with comes uh, running on up and he says, uh, you might want to find some place to hide. Apparently the, the, the cult is on the rampage and they are coming this way. And uh, we're going to get out of here. I would suggest you do the same. There's a lot of them. You're welcome to come with us if you would like. Let's do that. Yeah, I don't think numbers. we have the. I don't think we have the stuff to fight in the entire cult. I nope. Think... Yeah, they have strength. We have strength in numbers here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... I, that seems very nice. But as long I heard, there were a couple of dozen of the, and I don't know why the Minotaurs are coming this way. So you should just come with us. Trevor okay. Core would like to do some sort of check to see if there's any way to collapse the entrance that the uh, the army's coming from, like like a cave or a cavern. Is there anything Ooh. that can be done to to block that to keep them from coming? You can do a like a wide swing by as you're following. This is Antven, the the drow right. that you're talking to. Uh, you can do kind of a wide swing by and take a really quick investigation, kind of on the move, if you'd like. Detective, Travancore. if you're following him, yeah. Detective Travancore investigates on the move. How big is the section? It's pretty big. Oh, uh, never mind. Yeah, eleven. So 
Bernie mulls about how big the section is as you wind your way. And remember, all of these were at one time the home of an ancient white dragon of a significant size. And so the problem right now is that like all of the entrances and exits to this giant cavern that the Smelly Ten Tribe has been in, it is incredibly large and you actually are having a hard time seeing the top of it. So don't really see an easy way of collapsing it. Hmm. Meanwhile, Anne Fen's like, come, 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 we are going to get out of the way and hopefully, we're, you know, we'll put up a bulwark or something. It's that they've never attacked before, but they're coming in force. Okay, well, okay. we'll we'll stay we'll stay in the rear guard and uh, and if we if they get too close, we can pick them off. So, yeah, let's let's move, guys. Uh, if you follow him, you can see that any of the stragglers on this caravan, guards have appeared to basically grab and go. This group has decided that they're not sticking around to see what's going on. And they are headed down the tunnel that you'd previously cleared to head further into the Underdark. You do see, as you are moving in that way, uh, you you don't see him. You do hear Alto barking orders as they load up some more of these giant beetles as uh, the the giant that you'd seen before is now basically like grabbing people and sticking them on top of carts as people are running towards the exit and you see the that ancient goblin the one bernie that had spoken to you when you first arrived that seems to that seemed to recognize what you were doing. She's just standing in the entrance, almost placidly holding on to her staff and kind of smiles and gives you a weird grandmotherly wave as you come running up with, with Antvin. Hi. Hi. We're going to get inside, get inside. And then hopefully yeah. they won't follow us. Uh, I mean, unless there's something you think that you can do, but I, I wouldn't stick around. If I had an hour, but no. Who's holding Murray right now? I Probably assume Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah, still. Because we, we kind of finished the identify and then and then uh are are off and going. Yeah. Uh Murray yells out to you and he says, Oh, I don't know if you want to spend ten minutes. I think they're gonna be here in like thirty seconds or so. They're they're just around the corner, you know, and they're not really that far. I we should probably be quiet, he says loudly. You're saying we should pass without a trace. If you can. I don't know how to do that kind of thing, but I also don't have legs. All right. Well, here is a hint. It's going to involve being quiet. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. No, I'll be quiet when they're coming around the corner. I won't I won't talk. Okay. I know what, I, it's okay. You can trust Murray. Murray knows when to shut up. It's all right. Where can <laughs> Travancore go that will affect the, the majority or as much of the Smelly Tent tribe as possible? It's like the Waxham range. I mean, they're going to be out more than 30 feet of them or whatever, or maybe the back range or whatever. Travancore wants to position himself there so that at least the back part that looks closest to them would be able to pass without a trace with the hope that the front one's far away enough that they won't be able to detect where we are. I think you can just figure this out. I'm not going to make you roll. But here's what happens. You give a calculating glance as all of you talk about pass without trace. And you can see that the, the caravan isn't stopping. They are continuing. It's slow, however, because now the it's narrowed a little bit and people are still like struggling to get their stuff together. And, you know, on the people in the back were the least prepared to move. As you start to make these calculations, the uh, the old goblin, Nem, kind of waves you over and says, just be on this side of me, dear. You'll get the you'll get the important ones. It's OK. And she kind of points so that you're you're basically the last person in line Got and it. is waving at all of you. Okay. Travancore pass, cast Pass Without Trace. Excellent. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? 
I don't know if Bernie has anything she can do that'll actually not take an hour to cast. Well, according to Murray, you've got about 30 seconds before they're going to come around the corner. Whatever exactly that means is you can't really see a corner coming from that way. Oh, that takes 24 hours. Just kidding. (laughs) No, I don't want you to cast a ceremony right now. I'm not interested in marrying anyone. Uh, No, we're We're not getting married. Yeah, Jonathan kind of like ranges out and he's like, all right. I mean, the longest thing I have is about uh, 150 feet, but I'd rather hold on to those. So yeah. yeah, let's. And he's doing this as he's moving back with everyone. Like yeah, all right. So you're all kind of moving into the cave, staying close to Travancore. Right. Uh, I'm staying yeah. right on the edge of his 30 foot radius, uh, sword in hand, and I'm taking the rear flank to protect what's coming at us. But so I'm still okay. just right within that 30 feet of Travancore for the range of the spell that I'm also familiar. I with. I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan the Magic Muscle is right there with you because he's got the range. Yeah. So he yeah. wants to be at max range possible. Okay. As you all pass by Nem, this ancient goblin coming into Travancore's range, you hear guards uh, whispering and giving a shh-shh-shh-shh as they all kind of quiet down. The caravan does come to a stop, if only to quiet the creaking of the wheels. Lights are going out. Um, Everybody's getting super quiet. And you see Nem starts to cast a spell and in front of her, across the entire entranceway to this cavern, there's this faint, shimmering something. It's it's a little hard to see, especially in the darkness. But she, she kind of waves her hand, and the whole area turns a little bit darker, although it's still translucent. About 30 seconds go by, and then you'll all start to hear the thundering of hooves, and dozens and dozens dozens of snorting running minotaur come streaking out of one of the caverns and amongst them you see some humans you see maybe there's about like 40 45 of them there's more of them than you expected most of them in these robes at least the humans but the minotaurs a lot of them are just in nothing all holding weapons everybody roll perception checks for me and let me know if you get over an 18 please Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Detective Travancore with a natural one. Yeah. yeah. Was that you or is that Shadow? No, that was me. Damn it. Oh, no. So close. Oh, jeez, Louise. Oh, wow. Wowie. Wowie zowie. That's some amazingly bad rolls we got there. Come on, Carlton. Save it. Save it. Come on, me. All right. Carl hey, might uh, actually how's the 23 this. do it for you? Yeah. It might be the only, well, it's the only one over an 18. I do have to ask, Travancore, what got you distracted that you rolled natural one? There is a story that Travancore was told as as a boy of this uh, this mesa that was full of minotaurs. And uh, ostensibly, the minotaurs there were good. But the idea that such righteous heroes could turn to evil is unsettling Travancore as he cries to himself, Comet raised a mesa to the western skies with the sound of a thousand cattle drives. <laughs> That's a deep cut for anybody. That's <laughs> That's that, the, yeah, the only I kind was... I make. Holy shit. I don't even. I don't. I can't even. <laughs> I'm. Okay. Minotaurs are from Mesa. It's canon now. Why not?
D20 Dames is a storytelling podcast powered by D&D. Every other week, a group of adventuring ladies explore a fantasy world, beheading or befriending monsters and punching creeps. <laughs> 19. Definitely hits. Yes! Our podcast is 100% written, produced, and played by women. Are you okay if I'm not actively looking for your siblings, but I'm still with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just companionship. I mean, I'm not really expecting people to, like, delve into a dungeon for me or anything, but, uh... I would delve into a dungeon for you, Riot. And Rose? um, Yes? I was rather mistaken about you. Aww. You don't have to be monstrous to be extraordinary. Hear new episodes every other Tuesday. Subscribe to D20 Dames now on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wish you had told me, though, because then I could have given you a gift. Oh, it's a- oh, Carp, you know the only gift I want is your friendship. Misadventure awaits. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, Dice Camera Action, C-Team, Force Grey, and even more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest for the Steam version of the game to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on June 2nd, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. C-O-T-S-T-I-Z-Z-T-O- E-A-K-I-L-D. So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Most of the rest of you, for reasons, for a variety of reasons, don't notice this. But Carlton, maybe it's because you had some up-close and personal encounters with some of these mind-controlled minotaurs. But it's very obvious to you, none of these creatures are in their right minds. You can't quite tell whether they all have those weird brains on legs in them, or if there's something else going on. But over the sound of the running hooves, over the sound of the panting, you notice there's no other noises, there's no other cries. And the glassy-eyed stare of these creatures is off-putting and unsettling. And then you all see, gliding, behind this tiny army of totally controlled creatures, the Alhoun that you'd previously missed. And you're pretty sure, you do notice, you're pretty sure that it is the one that you were fighting earlier, as there are some wounds it is still sporting from your previous encounter. Then... So many dice, Lauren! I know. Well, a bunch of things had to happen. The creatures, the group that have come down this this phalanx run by with single-minded purpose heading towards the opposite end of the cavern the only place you one of the only places you haven't gone yet the tunnel leading to the abishai 
there's a brief moment where the Alhun looks in your direction. It doesn't stop. It doesn't slow down. Nobody feels anything untoward. But as it glides by, robed, hooded, undead, following this phalanx, its eyes turn to look in your direction. Just for a moment. And then it moves on. In about 30 seconds of them passing, they go down this other tunnel leading towards the long carved tunnel towards the Moonshay Isles, where the tiny dragons live. And you listen as this stampede recedes into the distance. And eventually, Nem waves her hand again, and the shimmering field in front of you drops, and she sighs and looks at you and says, I can't stay. It knows we're here. But I don't think it cares. Whatever you did, thank you. And she starts to move towards the back of one of the carts where there are guards there ready to help her up. And you you get the sense that these they're about to repack up and just gone. They're getting out of there. Interesting. So maybe it decided that it was going to go take out those uh, those Abishai itself with all of those. Oh, it's going to go suck their souls. That's pretty cool. Hi, Murray. Yeah, thanks, Hi, thanks, for, keep, thanks, for, thanks for keeping on the DL there. Listen, I may not have a brain left, but I don't want that thing anywhere near me. Those things are creepy. Yeah. I'm also technically immortal, I guess. I don't know. And so if it sucked out my soul, that'd be like super bad. We have to talk about how you exist, how you work. Yeah, because I mean, I think those that thing is undead, too. Yeah, but I mean, don't you know how that thing becomes that thing? No. Yeah, it sucks out souls, and the, the, the more powerful and the longer lived the soul, the longer it lives. They usually come in, oh. like, twos and threes. You killed the other one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably freaked out. They can't become liches like everyone else, so they gotta do this weird soul-sucking thing. So, if is he gonna look to create, like, another Alhoon or something, or...? I don't know, maybe. Hmm. All right, well... I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we follow them and mop up, or should we just stick with the the smelly tent clan here? Yeah, I'm all excited to see these fireballs. Come on! Uh, the fireballs are they're pretty entertaining. Let me tell you, Jonathan the Mad Musket is quite proud of the uh, of the pyrotechnics that he's capable of. Oh, that sounds awesome! No, I w- definitely want to see this. Can you do this in like the next two minutes? I've only got a, a couple minutes left. No, unfortunately not. And I've got to, I mean, if we were fighting, then yeah, but. Uh, well, come on. They're just like right down the way. I mean, I know, I know. Fast. Murray, you I know. Go, Tell you what. They're really cool. I want to see. I know. Great. Tell you what. Next fight we get into, though, if it's not today, I promise I will wake you up to, so you can watch. You promise? I promise. All right. All right. I guess we did just men. I gotta, like, you know, get you trust and everything. But still, yeah. you know, fireball and an Alhoon, that's that's one way to gain my trust. That's super cool. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to have a thought to himself. And Lauren, I'm going to need your help with this. Jonathan the Magimuscular knows that the Amethyst Acropolis and the Watchful Order are not particularly fond of undead. No, they hate undead. Uh, Bernie probably is pretty unhappy about yeah, undead has creatures made the decision for herself that her goddess would be unhappy if she uh didn't go after 
I will say both your goddess and your superiors at the watchful order and and everybody else that you're thinking of, no one expects you to go running into a situation you don't feel prepared for. And certainly not dying is better than anything. However, no, not like especially this creature, especially right. those those like those Abishai you've already figured out are fiends. <laughs> so this place is teeming with shit. Yeah, um, actually, I was thinking about uh, Murray, since he is kind of a little moat of undead. Like, oh, how... Bernie might know the answer to this. How accepting would the watchful word? I guess how accepting would Bernie be? Bernie likes Murray. Murray's got the gumption. Murray's also not undead. Oh, Murray's, okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say, does Bernie need to make a check? Because, like, my question was going to be, like, if she casts you know turn undead which is now destroy undead is he gonna is he gonna try to run away on legs that he doesn't have he's like ah, no he's gonna just go use his like jaw and just like grab on the floor bernie you just kind of instinctually know this considering you're a cleric and in my world clerics just know undead and hate them jonathan you know this because you cast identify on murray that's that that's actually how you accidentally woke him up was identifying him he is a wondrous item he is a magic item he is not undead he just happens to be in the form of a skull okay a human skull then never mind but i appreciate the thought because you know no one likes to crawl around on the ground going honk 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 (laughs) i imagine it's not very tasty nah dirt never tastes good all right guys so what do we think do we do we retreat and recover and then mop up or do we fire balls fire balls Fireballs. 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 Just met Fire you. Oh, God. Fireballs. 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 Infectious. Fireballs. man you've just seen to show you his balls. It's considered inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, relationships aren't a sprint. They're a marathon, Murray. We'll get there, but it's going to take time. That's that's true. That's true. You're not wrong. But I will say, burning a whole bunch of undead to death to undeath, to redeath, to another kind of death. That would be super. And then ten minutes are up, and he goes quiet. Aww. <laughs> Aww, uh, he's Murray. not wrong. It was pretty sweet to burn burn that thing, and uh, and then uh, you know wa- watch it get uh, get destroyed in uh, in radiant light. That was that was pretty awesome. Good night, you prince of the universe. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> I pat Murray and I put him into uh into my uh I don't know I probably have like a man purse or something. You've got you've got you've all got like uh satchels and bags and stuff. Uh, meanwhile, while this has been going on, the Smelly Ten Tribe has continued to uh, wind their way down. Kind of, they're they're skirting the line between going as quickly as possible without making a lot of ra- racket. You do see um, Antven the Drow has come back around and he's he hasn't come any closer, but he's giving you a wave like. So long. We'll see you later. Yeah, yeah we wave. And I... And then he heads back. All right. Yeah, long rest and we, we mop up. That's the question. Do I... we do we long rest? Murray, how much longer do we have? And then I wait for a response that doesn't come. <laughs> he's uh he's he's asleep for now, buddy. Yeah. Well, I, shit. I mean, I don't think it makes sense going less than full strength given how much power the Abishai... Here, here's the thing, though. If they're go if he's if that thing and his army are going to fight two fiends, we let them fight. Oh, and yeah. then and then we mop up the survivors. I think we should we could probably take damaged folks with 
I don't know. I I can I can definitely help. I've still got something some stuff left in the tank. Well, Travancore, you you've got that family connection with the devils, right? Which uh, we don't like to talk about, but we have it. What if and just just what if we pretend we're on the side of the Abishai, fight with the Abishai, and then turn on the Abishai? I don't think we do that. That puts us right in the middle of that fight. Yeah, I think our best bet is to. Is Watch to from a scout distance. it out. Yeah, scout it out, and then once one side is getting ready to win, we wipe everyone else out. I like. I kind of like that. I worry if we long rest, if we if we spend a night. Hey, there's a lot of entrances and exits. Yeah. B, there's still that brain sucking thing, and C, I worry that the fight might end within the next eight hours. And wait a minute. Hold on. So they left from the end, from the direction that the cult was in, right? Yes. Is anyone left in where the cult was? I don't oh, know. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. I we, mean, we make a play for that instrument. That's why we're here in the first place. Yes. Bernie, I want to kill that Alhoon as much as anyone. And I want to protect my home. But if we get back to Waterdeep, mission accomplished, I can message calendar and tell them that hey there's some there might be a white dragon headed your way in fact we might be able to just like deliver the bandolier mission accomplished and then just go back to care calendar and then see about retracing our steps i get to visit my home we may even come be able to come back here i don't know i i think i think if we can secure call in our reinforcements I don't think we can call reinforcements, but I think we have an opportunity here to go and get what we came here to get and maybe have enough time to mop up any any survivors of that battle. Because the longer they fight, the more depleted they are. Yeah. If we can get into the uh, into the cult layer without having to expend any energy, then we're in the exact same position and they've been fighting for a while. And, and the other piece of it is, like, we, the Abishai aren't exactly next door. It's going to take time for uh, for the Alhoun's army to make it out there. That's potentially a time we could we could rest up and heal, depending on how far that, we have to go. That's that's true, right? Like, they, it's the tunnel isn't close. It would take a couple of days of travel to get to where they were, Lauren. That's the impression we got? Uh, not a couple of days, no. Uh, you get the sense the tunnel is long and that it was... I think it was the uh, trying to remember which creature told you, but you were told that they were trying to extend the length of the tunnel because they were trying to reach uh, the Moonshay Isles. They were trying to get to Karakalandir, but you actually don't know how long the tunnel is or where the Abishire is set up, except that that tunnel. Yeah, you were originally told that tunnel was originally where the the ancient white dragon that layered here that was where he kept his hoard and travancore would know that hoard wouldn't be terribly far so the tunnel itself might be very long but where the the sleeping quarters and and hoard of this creature used to be wouldn't be that far would it be with the hoard no it'd be with the cult it'd be with the cult because they were the ones who stole it right I worry about not cleaning up after ourselves, and then something comes up the tunnels after us. I mean, it's... I guess it would depend on how quickly... One, how... If they left anyone there in the cult lair. And two, uh, how quickly we could get there and then get 
back to where I mean if we if we just if we don't stealth, I think we can we can uh we can make it pretty we can make it in good order. Like if we just hustle, then we can uh and, and what I can do is we can trail bucks. We can keep bucks like behind and in front of us. We can basically keep bucks as close to like in the direction of where they are, and but within like thinky distance from me. Jonathan the Magimusco's vocabulary is vast. Thinky distance of me. And that way we at least get a little bit of an early warning. I suppose I guess my other fear is that those Abishai go down very quickly and then we're facing an even greater threat. That's true. And we can't let we it, even it's okay if the Alhoon kills them. If he sucks their souls or eats their brains, that potentially makes the Alhoon more dangerous. That's yeah, true. a lot more dangerous. And I guess my worry is that we think they're going to be depleted the next time we meet them. What if they're not? But if we catch up to them and sneak up on them now, we know they're going to be at least a little depleted. Because, I mean, these things are fiends. They're going to yeah. fight. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do that then, because if either way, either way, the like what whoever is at the cult layer right now probably isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Like either they've been given orders to stand guard, or or they're hiding from an Alhoon, or they're hiding, or they're no one's back there. But whatever the situation, that probably won't change if we bushwhack the uh, the battle there. Correct. Jonathan the Magimuscular, uh, yes, exactly, exactly that. <laughs> it, for, the, for those listening, um, <laughs> Jack Edithil just made a, uh, a nice reference to some 90s era uh, ra- wrestlers. 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 Doing the wrestlers. All right. What, what <laughs> may I ask, after all of this, is the plan? I think we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stick him with the pointy end. Yeah. Right in the, right in the hiney end. And then Carlton slowly lifts up. Uh, his lightning sword, and it'll be shocking. Yep. So we follow them like before. We we just clean up the winner. Like if it looks like the the the, the Alhoon's about to win, we we load up on the Alhoon. If it looks like the Abishai have killed the Alhoon, we load up on the Abishai. Whatever is going on, we're going to be the only survivors. Yes. G- good plan. I like it. All right. All right. Well, we've already got the the stealth going. Let's uh, let's sneak. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our artifact and wondrous tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.